You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's infinite kindness in Ramat Hashem Israel 5769-2009. This week's Parsha is a double Parsha. It's Parsha's Vayakov Pekude. And I would say 90% of the Parsha speaks, or maybe even 95% of the Parsha speaks about the construction of the Mishkan, of the sanctuary. It's a lot of rehashing of the Parshas that we had earlier that spoke about the Mishkan, the sanctuary. And we had this interruption which told us all about the whole story of the golden calf. And then at the very beginning of this parsha of Vayakel, so the Torah returns to the discussion of the Mishkan. But before it returns to this discussion of the Mishkan, of the sanctuary, so it prefaces it with something that doesn't seem to be related, doesn't seem to be connected. The beginning of the parsha is like this, Vayakel Moshe is called Adas Bnei Israel. Moses, he gathers together all of the Jewish people, and he says to them, These are the things that God commanded to do them. And the Mephorsh and the commentaries explain that what was he referring to? He was referring to the Asiyas HaMishkon, the creation, the construction of the sanctuary. But what does he talk about? He doesn't talk about the sanctuary. The first thing he says is, Six days you should work. Six days you should work. The seventh day is a day of holiness, of a day of resting to God. Whoever does work on it, they shall be put to death. And then it says, You're not allowed to burn fire in all of the places of your dwelling on the day of the Shabbos, the day of the Sabbath. And then from then, and on, from then on, so all the Parsha talks about, from here to the end of the book of Exodus, just talks about the construction of the Mishkan. What's this interlude? What's this introduction? What does Shabbos have to do with the sanctuary? So, on the surface level, so the Mephorsh and the commentaries explain that what Moshe Rabbein was coming to say, what Moses was coming to say, is that on Shabbos, we do not do the construction of the Mishkan. The Mishkan is an incredibly important thing. It's creating a place for God to place His presence in the world. However, on Shabbos, we do not create this Mishkan. We don't do anything that's involved in creating the Mishkan. In fact, this juxtaposition, this connection between Shabbos and the Mishkan is where we learn out that all of the forbidden acts on Shabbos, so it refers to them as Malacha. Malacha means a conscious creative act. It doesn't mean doing work precisely. It means doing anything that was involved in creating the Mishkan. Those are the things that are forbidden on Shabbos. It's learned out from the fact that these two things are placed next to each other. But I would like to have a deeper understanding of why the Torah specifically introduced the concept of the sanctuary with the concept of Shabbos. What's the understanding of it? Another important point that I think bears mentioning and needs an understanding is that we find that in regards to the Mishkan, the sanctuary, the entire Jewish people man, woman, child, everyone was involved in the construction at some level. Either they donated their gold, they donated their silver, whatever articles of clothing were necessary for the Mishkan, or they were actually involved in directly constructing the Mishkan, the different parts of the Mishkan, the golden vessels, the boards, the curtains, all the different parts of the Mishkan. So the Jewish people were directly involved. Everyone of the Jewish people was directly involved. Why was it so important that the entire Jewish people, every single one of them, be involved in this construction? Another point is that in the Mishkan, in the sanctuary, there was a tremendous amount of different things that went into making the actual sanctuary. There were the boards, there were the vessels, there were the, the basins and the menorah, and there was the altar. There were two different altars. There was the ark, and there were all these different things, and the curtains. Everything was involved in making this Mishkan. It was a very complicated, complex type of construction. Why was there so much involved in making this thing? What's also interesting to 
to note is that the Torah invests so much time, so many parshios. We have this parsha, we have Vayaka and Pekudei, we have Teruma, Tetzaveh, all of these different verses that invest in telling us about this thing that happened so many years ago, 3,300 years ago, they created this Mishkan. How long did the Mishkan last? So it was used those 40 years in the wilderness, and it was used for another couple of hundred years until the temple was actually built in Jerusalem. But after that, it was never used again. To this day, it's, it's not used. So why was it necessary for us to have in the Torah for all times? It's not just happenstance that the Torah writes about these things. It's necessary for us to know to this very day. Why is it so important for us to see all of these different details that went into the Mishkan, into its construction? What's the lesson for us? Another thing I'd like to point out that perhaps is a parallel between the Mishkan, the sanctuary, and Shabbos is that both of these two concepts involve a tremendous amount of complexity. The Mishkan, the construction, as we mentioned, involved a tremendous amount of different people being involved, tremendous amount of different articles being created for this Mishkan, had to be constructed, taken apart. There's a tremendous amount of positive energy that went into the Mishkan and its creation. In regards to Shabbos, we also find that there's a tremendous amount that goes into keeping Shabbos properly, observing the Shabbos as one is supposed to. There are many different laws, and interestingly, all of the laws parallel the construction of the Mishkan. It's an amazing thing. The 39 acts, the conscious creative acts that were involved in creating the Mishkan, all of those things are involved in what we're not supposed to do on Shabbos. Besides for that, we also find that there are many positive things that we're supposed to do on Shabbos. We're supposed to rest, of course, and we're supposed to be mekadesh the Shabbos, make the Shabbos holy. It's supposed to be a day of getting together as a family. There are three meals we're supposed to eat on Shabbos. There are many different laws that are involved in Shabbos. We see that there's this, seems to be at least to my eye, that there's a tremendous parallel between the complexity of the construction of the Mishkan and the complexity of the laws of Shabbos. What's the significance of that? What does it mean to us? So to begin to understand the answer to these questions, I'd like to share with you a beautiful idea that Rav Arya Kaplan speaks about in a number of his works. And he speaks about the fact that we are all familiar with the four-dimensional universe that we live in. However, he says, actually, there are five dimensions. And the five dimensions are the four that we're familiar with, which are the three dimensions of space, the fourth dimension of time, and there's a fifth dimension, which is called the spiritual dimension. Now, each of these dimensions, the three physical dimensions, the fourth dimension of time, the fifth dimension of spirituality, so they have, each one has two different directions. What does that mean? So in the three dimensions of the physical space, you have forwards and backwards, that's two. You have left and right, which is two. And you have up and down, which is another two. And that totals for us six different directions. Now, in the, in the dimension of time, you also have two directions. You have forward in time, and you have backwards in time. Those are the, another two dimensions that gives you eight. And then in the, in the spiritual dimension, so you also have two directions. And the two directions are good and evil. So we could look at it as if there are ten different directions, so to speak, in the entire universe. And these make up the five dimensions. Again, the three physical dimensions that we're familiar with. The fourth dimension of time. And the fifth dimension, which is the spiritual dimension. Now our job, explains Ravariya Kaplan and the beautiful Sifri Kabbalah, our job in this world, you know, God, so in a certain sense, He surrounds all of creation. And in another sense, He fills all of creation. But how does Hashem, how does God fill all of creation? The answer is that through our actions, by us doing the right things, choosing goodness, and bringing God down into the world, that's how we help, so to speak. We help God to fill the entire creation as well, besides for just being outside of creation. Thus, while naturally we think of God as being somewhere out there, out in heaven, and we're praying up to the skies, 
in a certain sense it's true, but in another sense, God is also right here. He's inside of us. And as the Kutzker once said, when asked, where is God? He responded and said, wherever you let Him in, wherever we allow God to appear in the world, wherever we reflect His light, bring His light into the world, keep His commandments, fulfill His Torah, that's where God appears in the world. Now we have these five different dimensions that we need to fill, so to speak. It's our job, it's our opportunity to fill up with the light of God. We have the three spatial dimensions to fill up with that light. We have the one dimension of time to fill up with light. And we have the dimension of the soul of the spirit to fill up with God's light. Now, if I had to ask you, where is the place where God's light is the most apparent? Where is the physical place in the three dimensions of the physical world where one experiences God's light the most? The answer would be in the Mishkan, in the sanctuary, or in the temple, in the Beis Hamikdash in Jerusalem. That's where God's presence is the most felt. It's the most seen in a certain sense. And what is the place or the moment in time where we find God's light being shown the most? The answer is Shabbos. The day of Shabbos, it's called Malchus. Shabbos is referred to as that place in time where we reflect the most God's light. That's the place in time. I think it's no coincidence, not at all a coincidence, that both of these two concepts, the Mishkan and the Shabbos, are placed right next to each other. And they're intimately bound to each other. They can't be separated. That whatever is forbidden from doing on Shabbos all has to do with the 39 concepts that are done, the 39 types of work that were done in the Mishkan. And here's where we come to the fifth dimension, the dimension of the spiritual. We mentioned that each of these dimensions has two directions. We have forward and backwards, left and right, up and down. Those are the two sides of the three dimensions. We have past and future in the time dimension. And in the spiritual dimension, we have good and evil. Now, in order to access the spiritual dimension, so we have to have a choice. We have to have a choice between doing good and evil. Now, who defines, of course, what is good and evil? So Hashem, God Himself, defines for us what is good and evil. When we do what God says, we keep the commandments of the Torah, we follow God's will, then we're choosing good. We're choosing to go in the direction of the light. When we don't do, heaven forbid, what God says, so then we're choosing the direction of evil, which is the direction of darkness. This is what the Torah speaks about in Deuteronomy, Dvarim, chapter 30, verse 15. It says, Behold, I place before you today the life and the good, the evil and death. What's the goodness? It's to love God, to go on His path, to keep His commandments, and all of His laws and His statutes. Then in verse 19 it says, You should choose life. Of course, we're supposed to choose to bring God's presence into the world, and we do that by fulfilling God's commandments, by doing what it says in the Torah, by trying our best to create a spiritual life for ourselves, by bringing down God's light into the world in the way that He tells us, by following His commandments. This, I believe, is why we find, both in regards to the Mishkan and in regards to Shabbos, that there are so many different details, so many opportunities to serve God, to listen to His will. There are 39 melachos, there are 39 different things that are forbidden on Shabbos. There are many different ways that we're supposed to honor the Shabbos, to make Kiddush, to sanctify the Shabbos, to have those three meals. Each of these different things affords us a tremendous opportunity, and that is to fill up our soul, our spirit, that fifth dimension, to be able 
to choose the good, to choose the direction of light. That's why there are so many chances on Shabbos for us to follow God's will, to do what He says. We have this fifth dimension on Shabbos, and the Shabbos is the fourth dimension, which is the time. And we have also many different commandments involved, and every single Jew had to be involved, because the Jewish people represents those people who God chose to place His Shekhinah, His Divine Presence upon, to be the vehicle for God's presence and God's light into the world. So the entire Jewish people has to be involved in this Avodas HaMishkan, choosing of their own accord, choosing to, to go in the direction, the fifth dimension of good, and connecting all of the three dimensions inside of the Mishkan, inside of the sanctuary, that place where God's presence is in the physical world. And again, as we said, choosing to do God's will in the dimension of time, in the fourth dimension, thus we connect every single one of the five different dimensions. This, I believe, is why the Torah specifically places the concept of Shabbos. This is the introduction into the Mishkan, because the Mishkan's character is a place for God's presence to dwell. And the Shabbos' character is a place in time for God's presence to dwell. And each of these affords us a place in the spiritual dimension for us to be able to grow and to bring God's presence into our lives. I'd like to share with you one more thought that's intimately connected to what we've been speaking about until now. It's a very beautiful Gemara in Sukkah. The Gemara in Sukkah, on Daf Memhei on my base, page 45b, it brings out a verse from this week's parsha. It's also mentioned back in uh, chapter 26, but it says over here in chapter 36, verse 20, it says, it refers to the walls, the beams that were made for the sanctuary, it refers to them as Atsi Shitim Oimdim, acacia wood that was standing. So the Gemara in Sukkah says, what does it mean standing? So the word standing doesn't just mean standing, it can also mean that it lasts for a long time. So the Gemara says that you might have thought that perhaps the wood would rot or something would happen to all of the different parts of the Mishkan. That's why the verse says it would, the, the walls of the Mishkan, the sanctuary, were standing. It means that they lasted forever, they were never destroyed. Now when I read this Gemara, I remember thinking, what's the understanding of this Gemara? What do you mean it was never destroyed? It's not even in use today. Like, what's the significance? What's the relevance of the fact that it's still around? I mean, you, it's not even used. It wasn't used for many, many years. Even in the times of the Temple, the First Temple, the Second Temple, they, they didn't take it out of Geniza, out of storage. What's the significance of the fact that it was standing forever? So before an answer to this question, there's a beautiful Sforno that explains the concept and says that the Atzishitim Aimdim, this concept that it was st- last forever, the sanctuary's walls, the sanctuary itself, this teaches us as the Sforno at the beginning of Parshas Bekudain, the beginning of the second portion that we read this week. So the Sforno says that whereas in regards to the temple, the base Hamikdash, that was built by Solomon, or the second temple, which was not built by Solomon, both of those were destroyed at some point. But the Mishkan, all the different parts of the sanctuary, the vessels of the sanctuary, they were never taken, they were never plundered, they were never destroyed. They remained forever. Because that original power, that original, call it excitement, that went into creating. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses was there involved, and B'Tzalel, and the entire Jewish people were involved in creating the Mishkan, that that could never be destroyed. That was a power, that was a spiritual power that would last forever. Even if it wasn't used anymore, but it could never be taken away. And I think that just like in regards to the Mishkan, where it had this staying power forever because of the incredible investment that the entire Jewish people invested to create a place for God to dwell, it could never be destroyed. So too, in regards to the Shabbos, the Shabbos is that place in time where we had the opportunity to create a place for God to dwell. When we 
put our proper investment into our Shabbos observance, into doing the commandments that are connected to Shabbos. We're attaching ourselves into the spiritual dimension by doing all of those mitzvahs that are involved with Shabbos. And we're pulling that spiritual dimension down into the time dimension. That gives us and our families a tremendous staying power to last forever, just like the Mishkan lasted forever. In fact, the Chavetz Chaim says a beautiful idea. He says that we find in regards to Shabbos, it's called Oisi. It's referred to as a sign between the Jewish people and God. What's a sign? Why is it referred to as a sign? So he says a marshal comparison. So if let's say you see a store and the store, it looks like, you know, they're closed for business. They haven't been open in a week. They haven't been open in a month. But the sign is still up on the top of the door. So as long as the sign is there, you can assume that perhaps the owners will come back and open their store again. But as soon as you see them take down that sign, you know the store is closed. So it says it's the same thing in regards to Shabbos. Shabbos is the thing that shows our connection to God. As long as that sign is up, as long as we are still connected to the observance of Shabbos, the way it's supposed to be done, the way God commands us, so we have longevity. We will last forever, Bezos Hashem, with God's help. We'll continue to pass it on to the next generation, but as soon as, heaven forbid, we lose that connection to Shabbos, we lose that sanctuary in time, that spiritual dimension being pulled down into the dimension of time, so we get lost in time, heaven forbid. I'd like to bless you and me and all of us that we should all be able to draw down that dimension of spirituality, of goodness into the time, into the physical world, the spiritual world. And we should be able to constantly be connected to God and becoming a sanctuary for ourselves, for all of our children, for all of the people of Israel. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful Shabbos.